You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we're going to be getting into an episode that I am titling How to Avoid the Tail Wagging the Dog. Now, anyone who is one of my clients has probably heard me say this within the last uh, couple months, and that's really why I wanted to get into this episode. But before we get into the episode, please make sure you have gone over to Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group and requested to join that group if you are a gym owner. And if you are a coach slash owner, head over to all-star coaches and owners and request to join that group. But please, please make sure that you answer the membership questions so you get approved faster. We are so excited. We're getting so many requests for membership of these groups and the conversations are amazing, but we're getting so many requests where people have not have not answered the membership questions. We're having to message them. And when we message them, um, Facebook is actually getting a little bit mad that we're messaging this many people that we may not be friends with in the moment. And so it sometimes delays responses. And if we're not friends, you don't, might not get the message. So please make sure you answer those membership questions. It helps us get you approved faster. Also, if you love this episode or you've been loving the podcast, please make sure you share it with someone who would get something great out of it. Um, It means so much to me. I've seen so many more people listening to the podcast over the past month or two, and it's absolutely amazing. So please keep sharing it. Uh, Please keep letting more great gym owners and coaches listen to this content so we can continue to move the, the industry, both gymnastics and cheer, into the next generation. And lastly, head over to the website, make sure you're subscribed to our blogs, and make sure you register for our conference in Dallas, Texas, June 23rd through the 25th. It's going to be amazing. All right, so getting into the episode, this has been a constant challenge with coaching clients over the past two months. And the real question that everyone is asking is, how do we figure out what we're doing and release our packets as early as we want to when we don't have the answers from other companies? When we're waiting for information on what our uniform cost is going to be or what our competition costs are or when the competitions are, when choreography is going to be or how many teams we might have. And it really can create this feeling of you're waiting for other people to provide you information so you can actually put that information out. And that's what I call letting the tail wag the dog, meaning you're the dog and those people's information is the tail. And we wanna avoid allowing them to move you versus you are the one kind of wagging that tail. So here are my, my suggestions, here are the steps that you can take for making sure that the tail is not wagging the dog. When it comes to teams, have pre-registration. Number two, set your budget for items, then find the suppliers. And number three, don't commit to competitions, provide the number you're going to attend. So breaking each one of those downs. Number one, when it comes to teams, having pre-registration. So this is one of the things that people um, step their foot into some, some doo-doo sometimes by 
answering the, the dreaded question of what teams are you going to have next year? And even now, if you were to ask any one of my clients and they were to say, what does Dan say when we ask him what teams we're going to have next year, which most of the time my parents don't ask anymore. Um, I generally say, I don't know until after we've had level assessments and our um, our level placement process, but what I can tell you is that we are most likely going to have a team at each level, which I can say based off of history is likely to happen. Now, I also can tell them that because I know who's registered for next season. So I have registrations constantly coming in and we actually opened registration on February 15th this year. And as of the time of this recording on March 26th, which is a day late, which I'll, I should have probably explained to you at the beginning of the episode, um, on March 26th, which is now at 70 registrations. So I know of the athletes that we have coming back for our you know, medium-sized gym, now, of the athletes we have coming, I'm very confident in the teams we're going to be able to offer, which is a team at each level, which is levels one through six. So I am able to answer that way. But if you don't have a pre-registration process or you're opening a new gym and you don't have anyone registered, this is a very tricky subject to answer. And you want to be careful when I said that people sometimes step into some doo-doo is they they say, oh, we are offering, you know, uh, small youth level three next year. Well, man, you better have a really great crystal ball to make sure that you can offer that. If you don't have a pre-registration process and you don't know who is coming back and they aren't signed and like committed to your program, I would be really cautious saying you're going to be offering very, very specific age demographics and levels that you're not fully sure you're going to be able to offer. All right, so moving into number two, set your budget for items, then find the supplier. Now, this is a a really important one because it is really difficult at this point in the season when you don't fully know what competitions are going to cost or if you're doing a new uniform what your uniform might set cost at the at the final moment after you've calculated shipping and everything else it can become very very difficult to kind of see into the future and what we want to avoid is not being able to provide our parents answers because we just don't know and we're just kind of guessing at those answers um, and we aren't actually providing them with the the information it is that they're looking for. Um, so they want to know what the final cost is going to be and we're waiting for someone else to tell us what that final cost is going to be and there's kind of just this this round and around that goes and we want to avoid that tail wagging the dog. So the most common one that comes up is competitions. How do you pick your competition um, prices? You know, if you don't know what competitions you're going to go to and you don't know that information. Well, I like to do it this way, which is I use my past season's competition schedule as my roadmap. That's going to tell me, generally speaking, where I'm going to be in terms of competitions. Um, Now, maybe you're changing it up. Maybe you're doing a whole different set of competitions next year. Um, And maybe you've decided to go the IEP route, or maybe you have decided to go from the IEP route to a varsity route. Whatever it is that you've decided, it can make some challenges. Now, for us, we've been pretty consistent and we've surveyed our parents and we know kind of what they're looking for next year. So we're going to stay on the track that we've been on. So how we've done that is we've now taken, we take our current competitions 
and what we paid out this year. So we know what the competition costs were this season. And then we're going to add on an amount to that competition cost, knowing that a competition company is likely going to raise the price anywhere from five up to a maximum of $20 per event per person. Um, that's just what we've seen historically is is common. Now, could I see them doing their best to not raise prices? Yes, I could, but convention centers are raising their prices. I mean, we're, you know, gyms are raising their prices. Everyone's prices are going up, and it's just this unfortunate trickle down where everyone raises their prices and then the consumer just ends up paying more money for a very similar product. So um, we take our competitions and we add on to them. Now what you choose to pick as your your number is up to you and also up to what competitions you go to. So we generally keep our additional around 15 to 20 dollars per competition uh, per person. Which means if you attend five competitions like we do and you're adding, you know, $20, you're adding $100 to your base cost um, if you're not adding any additional competitions. So we do that. And then from there, we set a plan for kind of, and this goes into number three, which is we set a plan for how many competitions we want to go to. Um, so we do it that way. We add on and then we consider in our profit margin because you should have a profit margin even to competitions because there is all sorts of stuff that goes into competitions that's beyond just going to the event and beyond the coaches fees. There's the registration, um, there's the uh, USASF rostering, There's if you do USASF, there's all those different things. So you should always have profit margin built into everything. Everything should have a profit margin built in. It doesn't always have to be the quintessential 30%, uh, you may do less, but you should always have profit margin built into everything, no exceptions. Now you can do the same thing with uniforms, which is you set your budget and you stick within it. If you go to a uniform provider and you say, I have set my uniform budget at a maximum of, I'm gonna pay you know, X amount of dollars per uniform, then that uniform supplier can then work within that budget. Or they can tell you, I can't work within that budget, which is fine. That means we're not going to be happy with them anyways, because they can't stay within our budget. So setting your budget is fine. Just pick a number, pick what you're comfortable charging with a profit margin. Yes, your uniform should have a profit margin. Uniforms are actually the most common thing I see in this industry that people don't build a profit margin into. They build a break-even plan. They say, well, we're just gonna break even on our uniforms because they're so pretty, they're so great, they're so beautiful. Well, that's awesome, and I get it. Like, I'm sitting here, my uniforms are a little bit plain right now. Um, plainer than I might like, but that's because I set a budget and my uniform provider stayed within that budget. And my uniforms are great. They're holding up amazing. They're really great quality and they were delivered on time. Like I can't complain about them. Um, they designed exactly what I asked them to design. But you are gonna have to set that budget. You're gonna have to determine what your budget is, set it and then stick to it and let your uniform provider know, hey, this is my hard and fast number. I'm not gonna go above this. I'm not gonna pay more. So this is what I'm comfortable paying and they'll stick to it, or they should. Um, and there are a number of uniform providers out there. Same thing for choreography. Look, set your budget. Yes, should you do some research? Absolutely, you should do some research and figure out 
um, what the choreographer you're potentially wanting charges. But most of the choreographers out there will tell you what their rate is and what it includes. And if they don't, or they don't have it for you, then that gives you the counter and the ability to say, well, I have this in my budget. But how do you do that if you haven't decided on your choreographer? Again, you know, get a ballpark, set your budget, and then just stay within it. Don't exceed your budget. Same thing for music, although a lot of those music providers have their numbers out already, and if they don't, they're gonna have a pretty close approximation they can give you, and then you can always just add on like we do with competitions, where we're, again, we're not waiting for these people to make decisions so we can make decisions. Just set your budget and then stay within it. Just don't allow yourself to go outside of that budget. That's actually how a lot of industries operate. Um, you know, I, I told you I worked in law enforcement for many, many years. And my last job in the police department was I was a senior training officer. And my job was to run our firearms program which meant I heavily was involved in our budgetary process. And when you're doing budget with government, like that is a painful, painful process. Talk about like a whole bunch of people having to weigh in and have decisions who have nothing to do with the, the process. And so me getting quotes from people was far less important than me setting my budget. So I was always having to forecast and figure out what it is I wanted to spend and then tell them what that was going to cost. And then I would then go to suppliers and I would say, hey, here is the budget that I have. What can you do for me? So when I'm buying ammunition, I'm having to stay within a certain budget. I can't exceed that budget. Now, the nice thing was I didn't have profit margins to worry about, but I have to stay on budget. I have to stay within that pricing. And you can do that too. You can set your budget and then just stay within it. Just stay on top of it. You just are going to have to be disciplined because when you decide that you really, really want that amazing choreographer and they're $1,000 per team outside of your budget that you don't go, yeah, whatever, I'm going to spend it. Or when you hear that amazing music that is way more expensive than you budgeted for, you don't just spend it because their music is so great. And there are some great music producers out there. And I'm not saying they're not worth the money, but if they're outside your budget, they're outside your budget. And then you take note and you plan for it for the next year. If that's really the direction you want to go, then you take a note and you plan for it the next year. Or you see if they're going to give you a deal. There are providers out there that will give you deals on the effort to get your business. Like you can negotiate. You're, even when you're a micro gym, you can negotiate. People do want your business. And so just to say, oh, well, I can't afford it, I'm out, and you have no negotiation, like you're, you're selling yourself short, you might be able to get that. And I can tell you that from running companies that not with next gen, but like with dream camps, I've had people come in and negotiate, hey, I'm bringing X amount of kids, what can you do for me? Well, I can include some coaches for you, or I can do some things to reduce your, your cost and, and take it down because you're, bring, you're filling my camp, right? So there are things that you can do. Feel free to go in there and negotiate. Like, don't sell yourself short. You have value. All right, which this kind of brings me to my third subject, and I'd already mentioned it, but pick your number of competitions and then stay within that budget. This is another one of those things where I see people getting stuck is how do I determine what competitions I'm gonna to go to when I don't know how much they cost and I don't know if they're gonna be in my budget, so how do I announce that? How do I put that information out? And that's a really good question. And the simple answer is, say we're going to attend between this many competitions and this many competitions, and we're gonna fall somewhere in there. And leave yourself some wiggle room. 
I think it's great to leave yourself a two to three competition wiggle room in what you announce. So if you've historically done six competitions and you're confident you're gonna do six again at least, then maybe you say you're gonna do between five and seven or five and eight. Um, or maybe you say you're gonna do between six and nine because like, you might add a few. Uh, you have the options, but just tell your parents, like they're gonna understand, hey look, I'm not, I haven't decided yet. The competition season is a long ways away. You don't want to put out bad information, so simply saying we're gonna attend between this many competitions, and we're gonna, you can decide, you know, we're only gonna attend this many competitions that involve getting on an airplane. You should be able to figure that out. Most competition companies, major competition companies that aren't new ones, have started to announce dates or will be announcing dates within the next couple, within the next month for sure. Uh, so keep your eye out on those things. You can make those decisions without uh, putting yourself into a bad spot. All right, so as we move forward with all of this, you know, what are some things that we want to consider as we we implement this plan. Well, number one, realize you're not alone, right? This sentiment is not uncommon in our industry and it's certainly not uncommon in any industry. You are oftentimes going to have to understand what costs you're going to need to, what costs you're going to have and what things are going to cost prior to putting that information out to your customers. However, we're always gonna be behind the curve and reactive in those situations if we're waiting for the information rather than setting our budget with what we're comfortable with and then staying within that. Think about how you feel when it comes to a competition that you're attending and you don't have the schedule and you know, because the schedule's constantly changing, we've all seen it, right? Registrations change or people change divisions or whatever, but that schedule is constantly changing and your parents are mad at you thinking you're holding on to the schedule and not giving them the information when in reality, you didn't get the actual schedule until the week before the event and then it changed three times during that week because people had crossover issues and other things going on. So you end up looking bad in that circumstance when it really wasn't even your fault. And how we circumvent this, how we avoid this when it comes to these kind of things, when it comes to budgeting and planning for next season, is we take back control. We stop allowing the tail to wag the dog and taking that mindset of, I need other people to do something for me before I can do this thing for myself. And that is such a critical, critical component to having that air of confidence within your business for your customers and making sure they know that you're in charge. When you give them the appearance that you're waiting for other people and you're needing other input, uh, you're not operating from a position of confidence and authority and it makes them more likely to question your decisions and push back against you. So have that air of confidence. And you know what? If you make a mistake and you get something wrong, it's okay. You can apologize and say, hey, you guys, I got that wrong. Um, what you wanna avoid doing all what you never, ever, ever, in my opinion, should ever raise your prices mid-season on your elite and your all-star kids, your team kids. If you quote people a price for the season, you should stay within that price for the season, even if it means you have to eat some crow and not attend an event or not do something that you thought you were going to be able to do. Um, but generally speaking, you sh that is a contract. You expect them to pay, and what they agreed to pay for is what you should deliver. But we can avoid the tail wagging the dog by staying within our budget and leaving ourselves wiggle room when we look at our packets and we look at our contracts. So 
moving forward as you leave this episode, if you haven't already followed the steps I mentioned in terms of you know, setting your budget for things, setting your plan for things, and then staying within it, then take the time to go back and look at your budget for last season. Look at your budget for competitions. What was your budget for choreography? What was your budget for coaches' fees? What was your budget for all of those things? And find out if you stayed within that budget, all right? Then add on so for some inflation, okay? If you want to just follow inflation, um, 17% is kind of a fair spot to be, um, but I wouldn't base it fully off of that, but that is a, that is a starting point there. We have seen some 17% inflation rates uh, in some areas. So plan for that, right? Go back, look at the past, look at what you paid this last year, and then add on, and then use that as your budget, and then just stay within that as you move forward, right? Make people work to earn your money. I, I promise you, I, you may feel like you're a really small gym. And I know there's people who listen to this that are large gyms, and I know there's people who listen to this who are micro gyms, or people who are just getting started. I promise you, these businesses want your business. So you going to them and, and standing your ground is important. Now, they're, they might tell you, hey, the cost is the cost. I can't do you any, anything else than that. And that may tell you whether or not you wanna work with them. But continue to work Continue to try and leverage your money and always, always, always stay within your budget or under budget, right? And when I say stay within your budget, that's not factoring in what you built in for profit margin. If you are always staying within budget to just not go over and leave yourself one extra dollar, then you're always going to be limiting your growth. And that's the last thing we want to do is be limiting our growth. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I do have to apologize. I recorded this episode late. Um, I traveled with my family this last weekend. We went on a family vacation. Uh, we went down to Cap, down to California. Went to Universal Studios. Had a blast. But I have bad luck right now, and they lost my luggage, and all my podcast equipment was in my luggage. And so I just got it, and I'm recording this podcast uh, after a day at the park. So I apologize for this being a little bit late, um, but here we are. Now, if you're looking for another great podcast, you've got to check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. I think I'm actually, my next episode, I believe, is going to be kind of a um, my own two cents on an episode he just did uh, recently where he was responding to a comment that a parent made on a, a, a parent's cheer Facebook page and listening to him talk about it. I had my own thoughts that I wanted to touch on um, and... I just thought it would be a fun response uh, podcast. So that's going to be my podcast that comes out on Tuesday. Um, I hope you absolutely loved this episode. Remember to share it with someone who would get something out of it. And with that, we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.